0: little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. We're going to be studying how to do self-deliverance. And um, we're going to be doing deliverance a few more times, and then I think sometime January we're going to go back to doing issues, whatever God wants us to teach. We're going to do spiritual warfare. We're going to do a lot of training. on how to overcome and do this stuff. But I want to do some of the real basics for deliverance. So last week we talked about what? It was three major things you needed to know when you were doing deliverance. In the name of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. And discernment. Amen. And that you need to always get the person who is going to go through deliverance. If, they're in them, if they have enough reasoning still in them to tell you who who is the Lord of their life before you start. So you want them to say Jesus is Lord. Now when you get into a real deliverance where there's really a pos- some possession going on and a really strong man, they actually cannot say Jesus is Lord usually until you really go at it. And then you have to help them break through the lies because that demon's going to be talking in their head really strong to make them not say Jesus is Lord. I've never seen anyone stay bound the minute they were able to say Jesus is Lord when they're in that fight amen so as a person who's going to help to bring deliverance to someone it could be your own children it could be a spouse it could be you're going to see for yourselves tonight we're talking about that but whoever the lord brings into your path that needs deliverance you want to you have to do it in the name of Jesus the more you believe in that name the more you are one with Jesus Christ the more you are hidden in Christ the more you know what that ma- name means it's like um you know, we talked about this before. When, when, uh, in our culture, before we got so far away from God's ways, the wife would take her husband's name. And even when I was a young married person many, many, many moons ago, I could use his charge cards. Any, anything I did, I could say, I could do it in the name of my husband's name. And I, I'll never forget the one time, finally, when they would not let me get gas at a gas station, back in the day when they actually came out and wiped your windows and filled up the tank, and it cost less, although maybe not, truthfully, there was a really, gas got pretty expensive when I was in that age, and now it's actually been lower some of the time, I think, but anyway. Anyway, so, but once that happened, I remember they wouldn't take his card, they go, we can't use his card, you have to have your own card, I'm like, And I was so upset. I was almost crying. I went home. I said, you have to get a card in my name. And he's like, well, I have one in your name. I just never gave it to you. (laughs) So, (laughs) which was wise at that time in my age. But then I've learned how to handle money before he married me, knowing this woman spends what we make, what he makes. So he uh, held the reins tight until I went through some Dave Ramsey classes. Anyway, (laughs) anyway. He still holds it pretty tight, to be honest. Anyway, so, so if you get that, you, get, you come in his name. And in his name, you're in the name of, of the Father too, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're one God. So when I come in the name of the Lord, it's also because I'm now born again in that family. So, hey, this, this is what my dad says, I get. You know, This is who my dad says, devil, you have to leave. Okay, but it's really powerful when you mature to a place of realizing that you are one with Jesus Christ, that your spirit and, and the Holy Spirit are united in one when you got born again and you're maturing, you're being perfected, you're uh, walking righteous before God, and he, you're in the process of being made holier and holier every day. Amen? And in that place, you get that revelation that when someone, when the enemy sees me, He actually has to recognize that Jesus Christ is my bridegroom king. Amen. And he has to recognize that Christ lives in me and he has to bow his knee. So the demons are never doing anything because of who you are. They're not doing anything because of your many words. They're not doing anything because you think you're hot stuff. They're only submitting to Christ in you. Amen. So you have to be born again and you need to know it. And I'm praying that everybody begins to recognize you don't have to be spotless, okay? He's going to come for a bride who's been made spotless. But how many know the devil would have beat the tar out of us if, if he could do whatever he wanted until we get to that place, right? So it's not about that. It's being righteous. What's righteous? Right where God wants me to be, Okay. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I want to understand the ways of God, the laws of God. I want to know the God. Amen. I want to know Holy Spirit. I want to know the Father. I want to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to understand angels. I want to understand the kingdom. I want to understand his principles. I want to know how this all works. Amen. I'm in a new kingdom. I'm, I'm, I'm a citizen. Of, we're a citizen of heaven, you guys. You need to start acting like ambassadors who have authority from the highest citizenship that anyone can have. You've got to quit letting the devil make you think he has authority over you or you're even on equal grounds. I am not on equal grounds with Satan. He is under my feet. Amen? And the only place that he has a place in you are the places that he knows he put there and that you are not yet yielding to the Holy Spirit in those places and let me say if God's not dealing with it yet and you don't know what's sin yet that can't stop you from walking in authority amen why because you're righteous I'm right where God wants me to be Somebody else might say, well, she sure needs to deal with this. Well, you can, that's fine. If the Lord puts on your heart to tell me that and Holy Spirit does that and it's not you being judgmental, then maybe that's true and God will help me deal with that. But if it's just what you want to see and God's not dealing with it yet, that thing won't stop him from using me and flowing through me. Amen. And I want you to get that because you don't have to wait till you've walked with the Lord a certain amount of time to walk in authority. Amen? I mean, I was casting out demons way before I knew what you guys know. Like way before I knew what you guys know. I mean, I didn't know anything. And, and I was casting out demons. I wasn't trying. It's like when they show up and people, I don't like them growling at me and stuff. And I want them out. You know what I mean? And, and when God says do this, you just do it. So we're going to begin to be those people who recognize we're going to do what God wants us to do. Some of you need to really learn how to bind up the devils that operate in people who you are a sphere of influence in their life. Amen? Maybe they don't want God yet. Maybe they're living like the devil. But when they come into your house for this uh, Christmas dinner, just take authority. In your nice prayer, this will get everybody so happy. In your nice prayer for dinner, just go ahead and say it. God, and I just take authority of every demonic spirit that wants to mess up this dinner. And I thank you this, this Christmas celebration is about Jesus. And I bind every other demon from operating in this house today in Jesus' name. Now, if they all get upset and look at you, the mouth falls. Say, well, if you don't have a demon in you, you don't have to worry. <laughs> and if you do, you don't have to worry today. Amen? Because this belongs to us. Now, sometimes I do it more under my breath if it's like, you know, somebody there who might get upset. But I've done it in stores. I did it in Subway once. I went in Subway and there was this man and he was about to have a fight and he was talking really big and loud and kind of ugly to, um, I don't remember, if it was somebody else in the line. And you could tell his wife had probably been abused. And she was like, you could just feel it. So I just sat there. At first I prayed in tongues. And if you've ever been in a subway, this isn't one that you eat in. I'm talking like, put it this way. In 2020, you could only have three in the store at a time, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but normally maybe nine. <laughs> so, so I remember I said, I'm not gonna put up with this. I mean, something I'm not putting up with this. So, I started praying first. I just prayed in tongues, some not out loud, crazy loud, but Utukara and then I just said, Father, I just come against the spirit of, of aggression right now in Jesus' name, and I bind it in Jesus' name. It has no authority, there'll be no fighting in this place. I break it up now. I don't know who heard me because you don't have to yell it. The only one has to hear you is the devil. Amen. Instantly, it stopped. Instantly, it stopped. The whole atmosphere changed. And his wife looked at me and said, thank you so much. I guess she heard me. (laughs) You're like, can you be that bold? How about we really all start getting that bold? How about we just really walk around party? Another time, and this was, and I know you've heard the story, but these are the ones I just think of that, where you just are out in public and you just change the atmosphere. But I was in Russia. So that's a long time ago, you guys. Okay, like we're talking, I don't even know how long ago. I, I forgot what the picture said, 1995 or something. Long time ago. Some of you weren't born yet. Uh, mainly at that table. But uh, some of you were little. But... But I remember there was a, they were actually getting a serious, serious beat up this young man and kill him fight going. It was like a, a gang of about um, maybe probably 30 people or more jumped this one young guy. And it, you could tell like he's going to be, they're going to kill him. They're all punching him and stuff. And I and the cool thing is nobody spoke English that I knew, so you know everything sounds like tongues to me when I was in Russia. So I'm talking out loud. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I take authority into them as well. And I broke the power. And the minute I bound that spirit of violence and told it, it they all stopped. Everybody stopped. I'm talking about the whole gang just stopped and looked around, and it stopped. And then and then that young man started walking past us. And I think, and I so I was trying to give him a Bible and under his coat, he had a Bible we had already given him, somebody in our group. And he smiled and it saved his life. I believe it saved his life. So how many know, looking at 2020 and going into 2021 with what we kinda know? We better get authority. We had better be able to be placed in places and break the power of this stuff in Jesus' name, amen? And know who we are in Christ. Just know who you are in Christ. I have authority to do this. And as you begin to feel his presence and walk in that authority, you'll know it. He'll take over. When it's really God, and, and you're not just trying to make something up from a formula, but you really know who you are in Christ, and you really know this is what God would want you to do, and you know you're supposed to take authority, amen? Then you will actually feel his presence when you do it, amen? So this is the year... 2021 is the year for you guys to seriously walk in his presence, feel his presence, know his presence, and begin to live your life sold out to Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's the key. The key is belonging to him. Why would you want to belong to anybody else? Amen? Why would you even want to belong to anybody else? Quit being double-minded. Just decide. I'm going to belong to Jesus. I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to walk for Jesus. And I'm not going to give in to any demonic thing happening in my life. Okay? So we talked about the, you've got to understand the name. The name is so powerful. You know, there was somebody who was moving in counterfeit in the body of Christ. Had a lot of power. At one point, he was walking in the real, but he crossed over because he did not go through sanctification, inner healing, and some of the things from his perverted past, which was a horrific past. And most of the church didn't even recognize it, but I was at a meeting. I knew when it happened. I mean, I knew from a meeting. I'd seen this person at before, and then it happened. And um, the atmosphere was so bad in that place when the devil got a hold of that person's power. Because he didn't even know he was in deception. Even though he was tattooing his whole body, drinking, uh, fooling around with one of his interns while he's married, and all this mess. I mean, how much wake up call? How far are you from the word of God and the God of the word if you're sleeping around, drinking, tattooing your body every which way, and thinking you're anointed? He was anointed all right, but it was a stinky anointing by then. But it used to be real. And just like that it flipped and and most of the church didn't know the difference can we get discernment amen can we just get discernment and so the enemy wants that the enemy wants to come in and get the authority that you walk in in christ by taking ownership of you and you not dealing with those issues so sanctification which is being holy okay sanctification is not an outward thing All sanctification has to do with the heart. It has to do with getting evil out by the blood of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus and recognizing the evil is not you. It just got in you and needs to come out of you. Amen? If you can recognize you're not who the devil says you are and quit trying to justify it, hide it, say it's your personality, blame your mama, blame your daddy, blame your pastor, whoever you want to blame. If you would just hit, go straight at it, hit on, say this doesn't believe, this doesn't belong in there. I know we've talked about this before. We're going to talk about it tonight because I want to kind of make this in order for people who, who get this online and they can say, okay, that's pretty That's pretty simple. She's really explaining how to do this. So you're still going to need, you've got to recognize who you are in Christ. And to recognize who you are in Christ is a true understanding of what, why you do it in his name. Think about it. If he's not in there, you can't do this. Does everybody get that? If he's not in there, you can't cast out a demon. If he's not in there, all you can do is try to change your behavior in the soulless realm. But you'll never change the spiritual issues. Amen. You'll never change. That's the self-help stuff. When, when my, husband, my husband got saved and um, we were at this church and, and um, we were getting baptized. And they asked him, what caused you to believe in Jesus Christ? Remember, guys, the word says, ladies, it says you can win your husbands without a word. By by how they've changed by their good works how how they're doing so my husband got there in the baptismal swimming pool we were at a hotel this church met at a hotel and he said well her he said because um she used to try every self help thing that was out there to try to change the way she acted go on and on but it was the truth he and said and then she she really gave her life to Jesus Christ and everything changed. And it did. I quit being a nag. I quit screaming and yelling. I quit manipulating. I quit trying uh, to win every conversation thinking that was winning when all I was was closing him down. And so he really, really got won. My husband seriously got won by me being quiet. And being changed by God's power. Amen? And so I just want to encourage everyone. That's how the Bible tells a wife to win her husband. And that takes a lot of faith because we like to talk them into everything. I think you can win them into going deeper in God. I think you can win them into uh, wanting the deeper things of God because they just watch your life. No one knows you like your spouse and your kids if they live at the house. Amen? Um, So, So win them without a word. You want to know who you are in Christ. Amen. You don't have to be in Christ for years. The minute you're born again, you're in Christ. Sometimes you don't understand that. Sometimes because you're not walking in that revelation, that identity. And well, we've talked about this before. Don't identify with anything else except that you're in Christ. Woof. Do not identify with your skin color. Do not identify with your gender. Recognize your skin color and your culture. Recognize your gender. Amen. Male and female, he made them. Recognize these things, okay? But do not identify. Do not identify with your income. Do not identify with your career. Do not identify with your education level. Do not identify with your political leanings. Amen? All those things block the identification that's real for you. I identify in Christ Jesus. I'm an ambassador here on this planet. I live, my, my kingdom is heaven. I'm in the same kingdom where the throne of God is. For real. And he's placed, or he's, he's allowed me to stay here to glorify him. He's allowed me to stay here to shine for him. That's how he set this thing up. Amen. So start recognizing that. Start recognizing who you are. It doesn't matter. You might be in high school and say, oh, it's so bad out there. Well, that's not your kingdom. You've got a job assignment there. You're supposed to shine. You'll be amazed how many people know you're different when you're different, but not self-righteous, not haughty, but just really just a person who reveals Christ. You'll be amazed at how many people will come to you and start telling you all their problems. You'll be amazed at how you're going to like need to pray for people and want to get the word to people. Even family members will start coming to you who never did before. If, if you let, if you continue to let Christ crucify your flesh, amen, and you identify in him, all of a sudden people will be asking you things and talking to you about I'm talking about everywhere. I mean, I had a realtor who was selling me a house and before we hardly we saw the one house but the first time that her and i were were alone at the house where we were doing paperwork she just told me all the stuff she went through you would have never guessed it and so the lord had me heal that broken brokenhearted place in her bring healing and and um and god completely set her free and she never wanted to marry again because of something that happened to her in a marriage and i just saw where she's engaged and happily engaged and and i'm thinking lord I just met that person for a couple of days to to sell a house. And within um, the first time that it was just her and I signing papers in the house, my husband wasn't there. The Holy Spirit just came and and just opened that door for her to cry. And she said, I can't believe I'm telling you this. I've never told anybody this. I've kept this in. It was such a, a hard thing that she had gone through. And do you see what I'm saying? The person... You don't have to try to make the person on the plane beside you talk to you. If it's God and he has you there, they will turn to you and they will say, so tell me about t- your family. Oh my goodness, okay. All right, here's the one that always works with me. How many children do you have? i like, oh Lord. I know if he has the mask that, they're gonna hear the whole story about Lauren and that she's in heaven and the whole thing. They're gonna hear it. The people in front of us are gonna hear it. The people who are here are gonna hear it. One time I had a whole airplane crying. It was a small plane, but almost everybody in the plane were crying. They almost all wanted to clap, by the end of it, because the man who was sitting beside me had just lost a baby, I didn't know. I didn't know. At the very end, this strange man, he hugs me. He's crying, and he said, "Only God could have put you here." I just, we just buried our baby, and we had no idea how to trust God again. And the whole plane was like crying and booing and clapping. <laughs> it's like, God, you're so good. Come on, you guys. Are y'all ready for 2021 and to live this life and walk in this life? And it's not about you. Get over that. You don't need it to be about you because you no longer live. Amen. But Christ lives in you. He's the hope of glory for the world. He's the hope of glory. He is all that matters. He is amazing and wonderful. And the only reason to stay alive after you're born again and you have life is to glorify him. That's the only reason you don't stay longer because you need or healing. You, you still go to heaven if you need inner healing. Amen. You would even go to heaven if you need some deliverance. As long as you're born again. Right. You stay to glorify him. He says all things work together for good to who? To those who love him. What does that mean? You obey him. How do you obey him? When it says something in the word, you say, yes, sir. And then when he begins to speak to you about specific things, you say, yes, sir. Amen. And you obey him. That's how he tells if you love him. And then you're called to his purpose. What's his purpose? His purpose is his, his purpose is for you to glorify him. His purpose is for you to love him. For people to know you love Jesus. Do y'all get that? If his name is lifted up, people will be drawn. God has one. He doesn't want you to beat people down with the word. He doesn't want you to feel haughty and superior to everybody. And, and get it- Don't get your self-esteem because you think you know more than someone else. Because even if you know Christ, we don't know anything hardly. We've just, we just have the mind of Christ in us where it's going to unfold and unfold and unfold for all eternity. Amen? So it's like, it's like, Lord, just go ahead and crucify me quickly. Amen? So that people can see you in me. Your family will mostly get saved. Because, because they're going to be the ones that only God could have done this. Amen. But you'll start seeing when, you're really re- when, God's, when you've really walked out in faith to begin to do true deliverance, you're going to begin to watch people drawn to you. You're going to begin to watch people asking you questions. You're going to begin to see people know there's something in you that they need. Amen. And so begin to expect that. Begin to expect that God's going to set you up in divine visitations where you're going to be talking to people and ministering to people. And then uh, really get into his Word so you can hear his voice. Amen. So you know what he says and how he says it. And, and just really just keep these things. It's in his name, which is it's because of my relationship with him and what he's done for me. It's because of his blood. He died for my sins. He died to set me free. He died for the sins of this person I'm bringing deliverance to. He died to set this person free from these demons. He said he came to undo the works of darkness. Amen. He came to undo the works of Satan. Amen. How many know deliverance is a straight out undoing of demonic works? Amen. So Jesus already paid. Whoa. He already paid for us to bring that Promise to other people. Jesus, you already paid for this. See, we don't have to pay personally with long trials, with look what I've been through, with, you know, we don't pay to walk in authority and power. Amen. He paid for it. He paid for it. We receive it. He paid for it. We receive it. And and I I will say, I haven't finished reading this book because this is one of those books that's so loaded with Holy Spirit that I read a little and then the Holy Spirit does some things and I go the Word. But it's one, I think it's called um, How to Receive from God by Kevin Zaday. And I really, really uh, encourage you to read that book. Um, And and read it slow. It's not about how fast I get through it. It's about how much is, is God's Word and the revelations getting in me as I read this book. Amen? But, but it's really good. Uh, it's a really good book to help you to begin to walk out wherever you are and say, I'm going to do this, okay? Let God continue to sanctify you and make you holy. Get rid of the thought that you're going to be perfect because you went to a conference, or you're going to be perfect because you, you know, came 20 times to Tuesday nights, okay? Perfection is an ongoing process for the rest of your life. Amen? And when I start to think, if I'm thinking about, okay, hmm. If I, if I look at deliverance and say, okay, now I never have to worry about that again. No, I never have to worry again because I know Christ. Amen? I don't, I'm not going to worry. Well, what if there's something still in there that would lead you back into a trial? Well, guess what? God knows it's in there. And if I'm yielded to him, he knows how to get it out. Amen? He's not asking you to try to go through a checklist so that you can feel okay that the devil can't get you. Amen? Because you're never going to feel okay the devil can't get you based on a checklist. You've got to know God is going to take care of me. God is in charge of this. God knows how to get me where he wants me. Amen. How many know that God got you here? You didn't come here on your own. Amen. And if you've stayed any length of time, you know God's kept you here or dragged you back in over and over and over. Amen. Amen. 'Cause this this is real preaching. I'm not boasting. This is not itchy ear teaching. We we I don't think I do any itchy ear teaching because because I just do what he shows me, amen. And I have a heart to see people set free because of what he's done. Amen. God has given me a heart to take the hard, fallow ground and make it into good ground. And a lot of you have gotten to a place where you're now good ground and you're going to begin to see um, multiplication in your life of, of fruitfulness and blessings and the power of God. And, and I believe we're actually, I believe in 2020, we've actually entered into a season where everything is going faster than it's ever gone before. We're getting closer to the return of Christ. i hear a revelation he gave me uh, either yesterday or today. I can't remember for sure. I, it was either early this morning or last night, but um, and I was just hanging out with God. Some let me just say, this has been an intense time. I told you this on Sunday. This is such an intense time if you're a watchman, which, what's a watchman? It's a prophetic person who is catching all what's going on in the atmosphere and how to pray and how to direct things and what to post and what to do and how to get people praying and interceding for God's purposes. Amen. Get rid of the concept that everything is God's will. If everything was God's will and the earth looks like this, how many know How many know something's wrong if that's God's will? Amen. I mean, if, if that's the kind of God he is, then yeah, but it's not. A lot of what's on the earth is the devil's will. Amen? How many know child, sec- child trafficking is not God's will? How many know corruption is not God's will? Cursing is not God's will. Sickness is not God's will. How many know we see more most of that than we see God's will? Right? that's because God set this up where we have to bring his will to the earth. And the church has got to wake up. And she's starting to wake up. That's why the whole church waits for this bride. So I've been thinking, well, Lord, the enemy is pushing your hand with this whole thing that's been happening in 2020 so that you won't have your harvest. So you won't have your bride. So he's trying to push past all that to make you come again. Based on the book of Revelation, the Lord said, no. He said to me, he said, you know, until my bride is ready and comes in full agreement with the Holy Spirit and yells, come Lord Jesus, I can't come. So Satan is actually, it's more like trying to take us into the dark ages again. Close the church down, take away Bibles, pervert everything so he has more time on the planet, not less time. I thought, oh my goodness, I didn't see see that. The Lord's like, Cindy, I can't come. Like, I cannot come until the Holy Spirit has prepared a bride without spot or blemish who says, come. In complete unity, at the very end of the age. So if Satan can stop a perfected bride, which will stop a harvest, then he's not going to hear that come anytime soon. How many want our generation... Or at least the generation after us to be able to be that generation that has made herself ready, yielded to Holy Spirit, and Christ comes and we go into the thousand year reign with Christ. Amen. And that's the Lord's will. So, so it kind of makes you see that my way of thinking before He gave me that revelation yesterday wasn't right. My, I was thinking, "Well, Lord, if things get so bad and the Antichrist comes and He does all the things it says in the Book of Revelations and Daniel, then." you're going to miss your harvest. And we're like, no. I can't come. Until the bride is ready, in unity, in power, connected to Holy Spirit, and together the Holy Spirit and the bride says, come Lord Jesus, come. So that made me even more determined to yield the Holy Spirit to see that bride perfected. Amen? So that's my calling. My calling is get the bride ready. Get the bride ready. Let her mature. Let her know who she is in Christ. Let her begin to walk out. And she, it's a she or a he. There's no male or female in the spirit realm. Amen. And and so that there's this this people of God. So when you begin to step into doing deliverance, you're actually stepping into that position of His bride. You're stepping into that position. The Bible actually says that once you cast out a demon, the spirit, um, the kingdom of God has come upon you. So most of the churches in walking in the kingdom, they got kingdom understanding, a little feel the presence of God if they get in the, where other people are entering the kingdom. But he actually says, when you begin to watch demons submit to you and, 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 have to, and have to bow their knee, the kingdom of God has come. Amen. So we want to be kingdom people, right? So I want you to begin to expect to cast out demons. Okay, I want you to begin to recognize they're not going to hang around me. They're not going to hang around my family. If there's someone in your family who's a demonic bondage, you're going to begin to rise up and say, okay, I'm going to quit trying to get somebody else to do this all the time. I'm going to quit looking like I can't do this. I am going to know who I am in Christ, and I am not going to let that yelling, screaming, kicking, hollering, talking crazy, whatever, however that thing manifests, I'm not looking at that thing anymore. Woo! I'm not looking at that sickness anymore. I'm not looking at it anymore. I'm looking at Jesus. I'm looking at Jesus and what he says. I'm going to say what he says. I'm going to believe what he says. And that demon in that person manifesting is going to begin to be scared of me. It is going to bow its knee. Quit giving in to it. Amen? Don't worry if you hurt somebody's feelings if you bind a demon. If the person gets mad because you're doing warfare, you're at least doing something right. Amen? We need to be different. We need to be people who who act like God. Amen? Jesus didn't have any troubles that come out of him. Amen? Paul and them, they're walking around town and um, and preaching and teaching the gospel and and converting people. And there's some crazy little girl um, who's into pure witchcraft Who's going around saying all the right things, but with the wrong spirit. Let me tell you what. There's a lot of that in the church. There's a lot of people going around saying all the right things, but with the wrong spirit. And Paul couldn't take it anymore. He was probably waiting for the Lord to say, okay, you can do something about it now. And he cast a thing out of her. He made, I think, a um, magician go blind. He's like, I'm not putting up with this stuff. You want to make witches and... People who move in witchcraft afraid to be around you. Who knows what she's going to do? Who knows what he's going to do? Amen? I mean, God is like, he's, the vengeance, the day of vengeance of our Lord is one of the things that happens in the very end times. I believe we're entering into that. All right. So we're going to learn to take authority. We know it's in his name. We know it's because of his blood. Amen? And we know he has to have lordship in the life of somebody who's going to stay free. You can cast demons out of people who are trying to kill you or something who aren't saved. But if that person doesn't accept Jesus Christ as Lord, that devil will be able to come back seven times worse when you're not there. But you still may have to do it sometimes. Amen? And the Holy Spirit will show you. But if somebody's attacking you, you need to do it. Okay, I'll give a, create a wild example. These are true examples, okay, of my, in my life. I'm not telling you from somebody else's book. I'm telling you from what I've walked through. Just so you can start to understand, we're living in a really demonic age. We, we had the Harry Potter movies come out. That put demons in about every kid in school. About every elementary age kid got some demons because they watched that. Not to even talk about all the cartoons that all look like demonic stuff. So we're we're not just, we don't have to go to another country. We don't have to go to a um, undeveloped country to find people demonized. We got plenty right here in the U.S. of A. And many of them seem to be um, in politics. (laughs) Amen. That's why I'm not going to worry about it. But he's interesting. Okay. We were having this meeting. We had probably about 100 people there. Back in the day, when I was young and wild, can you imagine, Um, I was standing on a chair. So I was taller than everybody in this, it was in a hotel conference room. All the chairs were lined up. And this man, this is right around the Columbine time, when everybody was wearing trench coats and acting crazy. And this man came in, and um, he's pretty far back, it was a lot, it was about twice, um, at least another uh, one-fourth bigger, longer than this room. And, and he, so he was in the very back, and I'm just being me and chatting, and we're all having a good time. And back then, we had a, we had a pretty big group, and we had some people who were still not quite sanctified, who'd been in jail before and were black belts. And you know we had a pretty rough crowd that liked to hang out with BD Frashes um, from their younger days. And um, so this guy comes in, and he's basically saying, um, he said he was Satan. So I I just, you know, I'm just like, oh, come on in, it's all right. You know, it doesn't matter, you're late. And he's like, and he he said, he said something like, he said, well, he's Satan. And I said, um, I was like, okay, this, and that was a little scary. You could feel like demons come off of him when he said it. And everybody's kind of looking. And I said, don't flatter yourself. (laughs) So, um, because, you know, he wasn't that full of demons to consider himself Satan. And um, anyway, so. But, but I started, my, my legs started shaking. You know how if you ever get that kind of scared thing? Because I'm sitting up there like bullseye, you know, and he's got his hands in his trench coat pockets. And he's walking up the aisle and he's saying something like, what are you going to do about it or something I'm saying? I can't remember the exact words. And it was so cool because the minute he began to curse, everybody without being told to begin to sing or uh, sing. I think they were singing out loud and they drowned him out. And then they quiet down. And then he'd start to curse. and Everybody starts singing again. It was really cool. And, um, so, finally, and so finally, I can't remember, um, but I guess just two angels came, or maybe one, because you couldn't see them. They were invisible. And I watched this man get picked up off the ground, about this high off the ground, like his feet were about that high off the ground, maybe higher. And I watched him. I couldn't see what was doing this to him, but it had to be angels. And they basically took and threw him into the wall. Like they backed him up, so he went back really fast, and went to the wall, and went up and slid down the wall. And he looked around like it scared the heebie-jeebies out of him. (laughs) And he took off running. And um, then we all prayed for his soul and everything. But I was like, oh my goodness. And I remember when I was standing on the chair and he was cursing me, saying he was going to hurt me or whatever he was doing. Some of the, some, some of the men, new believers who were black belts and had probably concealed carry and everything else. They're looking at me like, do we take him? And I'm kind of like, oh, let's just see what God does. You know, I was like, let's just see what God does. So anyway, um, so here God did a deliverance, so to speak, with nobody touching this person. But just because we were worshiping God, just because we we're yielding to Holy Spirit. So, when you're going to do anything in life, honestly, yield to Holy Spirit. But seriously, seriously, if you're doing deliverance, hear God. What is God showing me? What, what do we do, God? How do we do this, God? So, I would say another thing about deliverance, even in, when we're going to do self deliverance, is Talk to him. You don't have to talk out loud. He knows your thoughts. Satan does not know your thoughts. Satan can give you thoughts and make you think it's his thoughts. And that way you think he knows your thoughts. You have to start casting down those imaginations that you know you don't agree with. So it's not your thought. And doesn't agree with God's word. So it's not his thought. See Satan makes you think what he wants you to think. Because he can give you thoughts. But God knows your thoughts. Angels do not know your thoughts. So you just thinking scripture does not release angels to take those scriptures, amen? You have to speak it, but you talk to God in your head, and 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 so when you're doing deliverance or when something's trying to happen, see what Satan wants. Satan wants to get you to respond, okay? Satan gets the upper hand when he can get you to respond to him. Okay, get that? Holy Spirit never responds. To what Satan is doing. Holy Spirit leads. He does, he's not on the defensive. Amen. Holy Spirit is not on the defensive. Holy Spirit's on the offensive. Holy Spirit is setting the devil up. Not the other way around. Get that one. So if you do a deliverance, it wasn't because the devil set you up. It was because God set that devil up. If he brings them to you, right? And so so just be yielded to Holy Spirit. And be talking to Holy Spirit. Learn to talk to Holy Spirit kind of all the time. So if someone's cussing me out or something like that, one way to stay really calm when that's happening, start talking to God. Say, oh, Lord, we need to... What do you want to do, Lord? Poor, I forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. They got a terrible cussing spirit. You, you literally have a conversation with God, the spirit of wisdom, right? He has all wisdom. He's the counselor. He's the wisdom. He's the teacher. This will stop the fights that you have with your family. If you connect over to speaking to God... Instead of trying to reason with somebody who's acting demonic. Okay. Can I get this through to everybody? You will never reason with somebody who is giving in to the demonic. Quit trying. That's the time to do something completely different. Walk away. Start singing worship songs. Plead the blood of Christ. Tell that, bind that thing in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this is what I believe God's taught me about binding recently that I never maybe did exactly right before and I haven't necessarily heard it taught like this. But he says, the key to the kingdom is you bind, you bind on the earth and it's bound in the heavens, right? So, the Lord started showing me that either I'm binding in the heavens or he is. Like, If if somebody's got a demon right here doing something. Where do you think their. If a person's got. Where do you think their demon is? Here or up there? Right there. So I believe what that scripture means now. Because I started seeing the Lord have me do this. is Bind means to stop that action. To forbid that action. To cause that action to stop. Don't talk to the devil. Talk to to the person that you're forbidding that action. And God promises whatever you bind whatever you recognize is spiritual you recognize as spiritual you take care of what's happening on the earth and I'll take care of the heavenly part which is the demonic part. So if it is not demonic and it's just a personality thing or an anger thing but it hasn't crossed to the demonic nothing's going to happen when you bind it. Nothing will happen either if you don't know who you are in Christ and you don't have a clue what you're doing because you don't have faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so let's, say, um, let's say somebody is acting very angry. Now you've been conditioned by the enemy to be afraid when they start doing that. You've been conditioned by the enemy to start thinking things. You've been conditioned by the enemy. Guess what? When you get conditioned by the enemy, guess who's in charge of what's going on? The enemy. You need to look at it. Ooh, change your thinking. You need to look at, oh, this is Holy Spirit in charge. He's put me here to help this person. He's put me here to help this child, to help this grandchild, to help this spouse, to help this neighbor, to help this stranger. Amen? Oh, get this, you guys. We have to come at it from a kingdom. And Jesus didn't sit there and then the crazy, totally demonized guy at the tombs, right? The one who came running over, you know, who nobody could contain. He, he was so powerful, he broke chains. You know who I'm talking about. Jesus, and there was a storm even getting there. And Jesus had just done preaching, doing tons of miracles, gets in a boat, goes to sleep, storm comes, rebukes the storm, gets to the other side, a crazy, crazy, completely demonized man comes running out of the tombs. And Jesus did not go on the defensive. Oh man, you guys, this is good. I've never preached this before. You cannot do deliverance on the defensive. On the defensive, you are letting Satan have the upper hand. You do deliverance on the offensive. Oh, thank you, God, for this opportunity to help this person get free from this demon. Look at the power Jesus stood in that that demon freaked out. And Jesus said, How many are you? I'm not sure if it's that same demon, but I'm just different, just different things you can look up on the scriptures. You can go read the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see the deliverance scriptures. Do you see what I'm saying? But Jesus just stood there. He didn't freak out. And I'll be honest. Many times when I've done deliverance and I wasn't even thinking about it, it just happens. Because God is not on the defensive. Holy ooh, this is good. Holy Spirit is not on the defensive. When you put Holy Spirit on the defensive because you're afraid, because you've been trained by the enemy how to look, how to think about this, you need to know that this is a new day. You cannot get up thinking, oh no, here we go again. You just basically opened the whole atmosphere for Satan to do whatever he wants that he's been doing. Amen? No, you recognize, nope, God is going to do this. Don't those, we had a, I won't say his name, but those of you remember, we had this young man that was here for a while and he um, uh, was mentally challenged, whatever you want to call it, and We actually met him because he was in jail. They gave him 19 years for hitting a police officer because he was violent with his mother. Now, um, don't judge that because people, you know, we don't know what she was going through because sometimes you can act really sweet and kind. Everybody thinks you're wonderful. Then the devil shows up. It's a whole different story. But at the same time, a person who's 19 but has a mentality of maybe an 11-year-old should not be sitting in adult jail for 19 years. So we began to intercede and pray, and um, the first time I met this person, God had us go down to the jail, and um, to the courthouse, and me and Karen were in a side room. I know they have cameras. I guarantee you they have cameras. They're probably still watching this on film, wondering what on earth happened. We walked in there. We weren't allowed to go in to the case because uh, um, it was still considered juvenile or something because of this person's IQ. But... We started interceding like shaking, you know, signs and wonders like, Oh Lord, don't let him bring in the jackets, you know, just like wild. Right there, right there in the waiting room in the courthouse. And whatever happened, the judge completely turned it around so quickly that they let him go right then and there and we had to drive him to the church. Hi, I'm, I'm your mother's pastor. <laughs> Come on with me. like, <laughs> But we saw that thing in him. Um, tried to knock um, uh, Karen's husband off of a ladder at Burl High. Went there to grab the ladder. I bound it in the name of Jesus and he couldn't move his hands and one time it was saying how he the thing was talking to him and saying I'm going to get a gun and blow your head off and I just got right in his face and I said you can't blow anybody's head off you know you can't blow anybody's head off and you know you're coming out of him and you have no authority and we got the spirit of murder out of him he got in trouble another time this time we got him out of jail and the Lord said to me get the devil out of him now and I'm like Lord he's just back I mean, he's only been in the building 10 minutes the Lord's like get it out now and we got the spirit of murder out of him right then and there and then the codependency with his mother happened which triggered this stuff in that particular case and I wouldn't have had more than right then. And so he's an adult. He's living in a home uh, for adults but he hasn't murdered anybody and he's not back in jail. If I hadn't done what Holy Spirit said right then he would have been in prison. God knows he's got this devil in him. He's so frustrated about whatever's going on, whatever he's thinking, whatever has happened, I'm not blaming anybody. It would be very difficult for anybody to be in these situations so we don't judge each other. Amen? But we realize Satan knows the spiritual laws. He knows if he can get a spirit of murder in, which is, a spirit of murder is just somebody watches something on TV and basically says, yeah, you got to make sure you don't want anybody to die before God wants them to die. You've got to always remind yourself when you see some of the Stuff going on. Well, if God wants them dead, they wouldn't be here. So obviously he doesn't. So I'm not going to want them dead. I'm just going to see what God wants to do. We're just going to pray. Is this helping anybody? It's helping me. (laughs) I've never preached this before. (laughs) So we are to determine the atmosphere. If you're not determining the atmosphere, if you're in a situation, I know some of you are, where you're in a situation where it's out of your, your, your hands, somebody's really got some demonic activity going on and it seems out of your hands, you have to walk back into that. You have to repent for letting yourself be on the defensive You have to repent for thinking that Christ in you isn't greater than anything. I don't care. The biggest demon in the world is no match for Christ. Amen. And what happens is when Satan puts you on the defensive, he makes you afraid. And therefore, that fear stops God from breaking through. God's not on the offensive. God wants to go and deliver. Amen. Holy Spirit in you wants to set those people free. Holy Spirit in you wants to set those free who are bound to schizophrenia, bound to sickness, bound to a demonic activity, bound to perversion, bound to unclean stuff. There's a Holy Spirit in us who wants To set the captives free. It's for liberty that he sets us free. God hates that people are bound to demons. Amen? And so we've got to change that atmosphere. If that means praying in tongues more, then pray in tongues more. If that means pleading the blood over your house and over your children and over everything, do what he's given you to do in his word of God as your tool, so to speak, to get this thing right. And don't spend five minutes doing it. If you need to fast for three days, fast for three days. You need to rise up in your most holy faith. You need to have the word playing. You need to have Christian music on. You need to take away toys that are demonic. Well, everybody has that toy. Well, they don't have God, I don't if they couldn't have that toy in heaven, they shouldn't have that toy down here. You don't don't keep Demon things around. Well, I know, but, that, but y'all all know my story. I, I, was the, I was the pickiest mom on the planet to not have toys around that had any kind of magic to them, any kind of supernatural to them. The only supernatural that's allowed in my house and in movies and shows I watch or my kids when they were young. Wait, guys, my kids didn't see Star Wars till they grew up and left the house. Because the force be with you is not who I want with them. you're poor children they weren't poor children they had a wonderful life and I think some of the things we did uh, to keep our house holy is a reason that we beat the enemy and we didn't see um, the enemy succeed in trying to take my one son's life what is it about evil that you like you need to hate that You can replace it with something awesome. If you need to put your kids in Christian school or homeschool, then do it. Do what you need to do. Amen? God will make a way. If your kids cannot be light and darkness, then you better just surround them with light. This is your kids you're talking about. Amen? Amen? And you need to every day when they come home, you need to spend some time talking with them, find out what's going on. And you need to hate every door of the demonic that you opened with your life that they now have to at some point probably face and break the power of. And you need to hate. It's not like, oh, I got to live like that, but now I'm saved and I'm going to make you not live like that. No, you're going to have a revelation like, oh my gosh, it's because of this and this that they're going through this. Oh God, have mercy. Oh God, forgive me. Oh God, break the power of it. You're going to have so much compassion to say, you know, I wish that I had known how this was going to affect you. I'm so sorry. And there'll be real tears of repentance. Amen. Real crying out, real deliverance, a real tear. And to the place where it's like, oh my gosh, Lord, if I had just, known, if I had just known you things would have been so different the word's been the same people we just didn't go after him like we could have, amen but once you really find out how really it is his word, you ought to read it, you ought to devour it, you ought to love it, you ought to want every part of it to be your life, amen, and you want your house that way don't let things happen in your house that can't happen in heaven. Just, just take authority. You can't be a man pleaser and walk in the power of God. That doesn't mean you offend everybody because you're just immature. But you have to get to a place to know. You want people to know. You know where you really walk with God. If you know what reputation you have with people when they need help. If you're the one they want to come to for prayer, or you're the one they want to bring their child to, or you're the one they want to call even if they don't like you most of the time, then something about your walk is pretty real. But if everybody just rolls their eyes when they think about you, then it's time to shine. Don't let the past, and don't let the stuff from the past, and don't let the religious spirit from the past, and all the other mess... Don't let that determine your now, okay? I'm telling you, I feel this. When you leave here tonight, you leave here knowing this is a new day. If you haven't already figured that out, that you're not going to let your children this Christmas bring up your past. In a negative way. Well, no, see, and, and you just are going to have to say what God wants you to say and you're going to have to bound so so I want you to understand this binding thing a little better because you never see in scripture right where Paul says I bind that or you don't see it demonstrate it the way we've taught it I believe it's because it means more standing up to that spirit that's operating recognizing it and taking authority over it and God says if you do that on earth he'll take care of the spiritual he'll take care of the heavenlies now if you want to say the heavenlies part two to make sure it's done because that's how we all kind of learned and fine but I actually believe now when I say that won't happen in this house I'm doing my part and it's in the name of Jesus that won't happen in this house that does not happen in this house because of who we are in Christ Jesus and God then says okay she, she just found that now every demonic, sp- angels go, every demonic spirit that was just bound, you go make sure they're bound. In other words, you go and don't let them operate. You go stand guard over that. So we do the earth part. See, this is what, I think we've all tried to do everything in the spirit and never speak in any boldness into the situations. So let's say you're in a situation, let's say, let's say we don't want this to happen, but if someone's in a situation, and, and let's say some man is coming to, to hurt you or molest you or something, you need to be bold to say, in the name of Jesus, you cannot touch me. And God says in his word, you got to understand this though in faith, then, then those demons are bound. Then those demons are bound. And that's what happened that night with the guy that the angels threw against the wall. Because I wasn't bowing to it. I wasn't listening to it. And, and I was learning this. But it was like I knew you, you can't do this. I, when I told the people, no, don't handle this in the natural. What I was really saying is. And when I said, you can't do that. You're not Lucifer. You're not Satan. What I was speaking stopped his intention. Because God took authority in the heavens. Which is the demonic realm, right? The spirit realm. Over what I was not permitting. but, But get it, I'm not permitting it in the name of Jesus. Not like just somebody saying, oh, don't do that, don't do that. No, you've got to know what you're doing. You have to know that you're speaking from faith and power. So you speak to that mountain and you tell it to be cast into the sea. Amen? You speak. If you have a child that is very, very disruptive and very hurt, Yes, you want God to heal those hurt places, right? But you shouldn't be abused in the process of getting to that healing. You're going to have to just stand and say, you cannot hit me in Jesus' name. While you know... That there are angels right then released to stop those demons that have been assigned to that person because of their abuse or whatever's happened to them in their life. We're not pretending that's not real, right? But we don't have to work our way up to binding and loosing. I've watched it work, not even understanding it this clear, for years. I've watched people just completely stop what they were doing or yelling at me or anything else because I would just bind it in Jesus' name. But what I believe God has been teaching me recently with all the stuff we've been praying is, no, you need to see what's going on in the, on the earth. I told you to take care of the earth, and I'll take care of the heavenlies. What you bind on earth, I bind in the heavenlies. What you loose on earth, I loose in the heavenlies. We've been trying to bind and loosen the heavenlies while not looking at the actions on the earth and doing our part vocally, Amen. to so just say, no, you will not hit me in the name of Jesus. But you got to know. Do you mm. Unbelief and doubt cancels out the power of God. Jesus couldn't even do signs of many miracles in his own hometown because of their unbelief and doubt. And he's God. What makes you think you can do something if there's unbelief and doubt? And if it's in you, if there's un- your biggest enemy is unbelief and doubt in you. It's not the devil in somebody else. Amen? It's not the devil in somebody else. It's, what, it's, your, it's how the devil has conditioned you to be afraid. you got to get up every day and say, his mercies are new today. What I didn't understand yesterday and that kid flipped out or what I didn't understand and that spouse flipped out or what I didn't understand and that teacher was... though That's not today. Today, Lord, heal all those hurt places. Heal where I was abused with that. Heal where the enemy seemed to win. Heal where I didn't understand these things. And mean it. In the same time, now that we're getting into the topic for tonight, which is self-deliverance, you have to get the log out of your eye before you can touch the splinter in someone else's eye. So if you've got locked up anger and passive aggression and demons operating in you because you never went before the throne of God and really forgave your father or your mother, if you took on something to handle your bottled up anger but it's still there, you will have a very difficult time convincing the devil that you can stop that anger. Amen. See, these are spiritual laws; they're real. Everybody prancing all around, they think they can do it all. Wait till the first devil tries to beat your tail. Amen. You don't operate in fear, but we are His people who are sanctified. We go from glory to glory. We have to deal with self deliverance. We have to get anger out of ourselves. We have. Oh, we have. To get rid of how we handle things before Christ. When I talk to somebody and they had a completely messed up childhood. And they're like, well I didn't think it was that bad. Then you are delusional. And you have a coping mechanism that will block you from having a deep walk with God. It will block you from walking in any authority. Because you think that thing works. Amen? You might have this, I don't get mad at anything. Well, the Bible says to be angry and sin not. So there's something counterfeit if you're never angry. Can I get an amen? You need to ask God, what did I take on to not be angry when I should be angry? Because that thing's going to be a wall. That's like a devil who owns you and says, nope. No emotion here. No nothing real here. Nope. They've got this. And you know what? When you think something you took on works. What's going to make you think it's not working? When the devil does whatever he wants to do with that thing that he owns. To hurt you. See I look at it this way. I don't care if the rest of the world thinks that something I took on is great. If it's not from God, I don't want it. If I took on something to not face something that happened to me in my past, if I took on something to seem tough when somebody abused me or hurt me or whatever, and everybody else will think, oh, they're so tough, oh, they're so, that never even bothered them. I still don't want it because it's not Holy Spirit. And I promise you, anything the devil gives you is going to try to affect your sound mind. It's going to try to affect your health. It's definitely going to affect your uh, relationship with God. It's going to affect you walking in authority. It's going to affect you feeling the presence of God. It could open you up to religious spirit. Amen? False spirituality. Can y'all get that? If it isn't from God, you don't want it. Okay. But you cannot be afraid... Of what your mama had or your daddy had from the devil. You cannot be afraid of what the devil's made you do before. Because then you'll take on spirituality for the wrong reason. It's fear-based. To try to stop them. You can't stay away from the spiritual gifts God's given you. Because the devil got a hold of them at one time. If you're a seer, you're a seer. What does that mean? You see in the spirit realm. Yeah, if the devil gets it, you got schizophrenic. They'll call you schizophrenic. Yeah, if the devil gets it, you'll have terrible nightmares and things that you see. Do you think God's going to take away the gift because devil got in? Or would God like to make that a really cool gift? Where you'll know that, oh man, look at the angels in this room. Those people with that seer gift. Karen's got that seer gift. Look at the... Look at the things she's seen in these visions with, you know, in these dreams that God's given her. And, and um, we, we need to ask God. We need to thank him for the spiritual gifts he gives us. We need to thank him for what he gave us for his glory and for the divine purposes of God. And we need to not be afraid of, of the devil. You cannot keep your sound mind. Only God can do that for you. And he doesn't need your help in it. Help-fear. Amen? You say, okay, Lord, you rescued me once. You'll rescue me again if I need to be rescued again. You'll take care of me again. I'm not going to be afraid. The thing you fear most will come on you. It's a spiritual law. So what would you do with the thing you fear most? Talk to God about it. God, I really fear this. That really was rotten when I went through that. God, that was horrible when I almost lost my mind or when I had that disease or when I um, got into that relationship with that person. That was through. We need to trust God. We need to trust that he's a counselor. Amen. I we need to trust he's a comforter. We need to be okay to open up the things that happen to us and talk to God about them. You are not whole. The Bible says, he said, do you want to be made whole? You're not whole until you let God into those areas where somebody hurt you, where somebody molested you, where somebody cursed you, where somebody yelled at you all the time, whatever it was. How many know we know how to forgive around here? Amen? Amen. So when we do self-deliverance, you you just go through these steps. Uh, You already know this. You already know you're going to forgive that person, right? Why? Because we understand the way to forgive that person is to recognize they don't know what they're doing. And I know you guys have heard this, but if y'all know how powerful this teaching is for people who haven't heard this. Jesus, Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. And I said to God when I was reading this, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know it must be true. Can, can we all do this when you read the Bible? God is right. He's really not asking for your input like he's going to change his mind. Like, oh, day, I should have take that out. He doesn't do that. So so when you ask God something, it's for you, not him. And you want him to give you revelation, okay? Revelation is God revealing something about himself, usually from his word. That's revelation. God, I need you to reveal. Maybe this is a better way to even word it. God, I need you to reveal to me something. Holy Spirit, I need you to reveal. Because right here, I know it's true because it's your word. It says says that um, Jesus forgave them because they did not know what they were doing. When I look at the scenario here, they were yelling, crucify him. They knew that would kill him. So I know I'm wrong because your word's true. But I need a revelation to understand. How could a bunch of people be screaming, kill him, crucify him. And then him say, forgive him." They don't know what they're doing. And then you all know, but the people watching this don't. And what does he say? The revelation was. They did not know what spirit was operating. They did not know what Satan was doing behind the scenes. They did not know how they were set up. They did not understand the spiritual side. So they didn't know what they were doing. Now, how many know for every single person who's hurt you, abused you, attacked you, cursed you, anything else, they did not know what they were doing. Amen. They didn't know. So we can forgive the exact way Jesus was able to forgive. Amen? So we can always forgive, right? So if I can always forgive, then I know that I can go talk to God about it. I know that he says, Father, forgive, um, Father, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. In the Lord's prayer, he's already taught us how to forgive. So now, now I can go And talk to God about a mother who screamed at me. Or a father who abused you. Or whatever the the thing is. Amen? Or a boyfriend who was wrong. Whatever, whatever. There's a million horrible things Satan's up to, right? But no matter what that horrible thing is Satan was up to. I now know I can go into the throne room of grace. And I can talk to God about it. And I can say, God, I do forgive that person. Because they really didn't know what they were doing. I get that. And I need you to make me whole. Lord, I need the truth that will set me free. So I'm holding your hand in this, God, and I'm going to be listening when I hear preaching and teaching. I'm going to go to the conferences you put on my heart to go to. I'm trusting you. Because I'm asking, I'm knocking and I'm seeking. You're going to set me completely free. Amen? And then he does it. You might find yourself at Nags Head in a crow's nest. Beautiful weather, gorgeous stars. And then God totally heals you and sets you free from something you've had for years. Now you weren't figuring out how he was going to do that. Amen? He may let you walk through a trial that's not even real to deal with the fear and the paranoia and the stuff in you while he's exposing to you how corrupt our government is. You would have never thought of that. How many know if it's really God, you probably couldn't have figured it out and thought of it anyway? How, How many can really say that? Like, God, he could take you to Africa and give you a roommate who can't, Stand not to say what God says, even if they know it's going to make that person really upset. Have backup in there. So there's somebody there to say, no, listen to her. It really helps. I mean, Has anybody else noticed it's really usually not easy? Human counseling, for the most part, is what? Like we talked about Sunday. If you didn't hear Sunday's teaching, you ought to hear it it's so powerful. It's earthly wisdom. It's all they can do. It's all they know to do. It's not evil. It's not It's not beastly. It's not devilish. It's all they have. If they've got you on meds, it's earthly wisdom. They, they don't know what else to do. But at some point, as you grow in faith, you're going to let go of earthly wisdom For a season, you probably walk hand in hand with it. Amen. You still need that. You don't know what you'll do without that. You're not sure how your emotions will be without that. Okay. That's why I don't touch earthly wisdom. Do what they tell you. But as your faith builds and it's real, you're going to step out and that earthly wisdom is not going to be there anymore. It'll be Holy Spirit wisdom. He'll say, do this. Let's do this. Let's go here. Let's work with this. Amen. And God's heart is to get all of us into that place of his wisdom. Sometimes you could have somebody really who's really good at earthly wisdom, and a lot of times that person can even be, be gifted to minister in Holy Spirit wisdom, and they jump back and forth. God wants us to quit being those who jump back and forth. What does God say? What does His Word say? What takes God? What does it? What takes God for this to be? If it can be accomplished without God, it's earthly. That's okay. Thank God, some things can be accomplished. Amen. Seriously, most people, if you, you know, get a, you know, if you get a um, bloody nose or something, you can you know, hold your nose a certain way, put an ice pack, I don't know, whatever they tell you to do. And, and you don't even have to do anymore. Amen? Or whatever. You know what I mean? If, if you got a cough and you take something for a day or two and then you're fine. Praise God, right? But God says in His wisdom, there's divine health. Is this making sense? So we don't have much more time. But So when we're going to do, do self-deliverance, and we're probably going to pick this up again next week. So when I say self-deliverance, I'm going to yield to Holy Spirit to heal the broken places in me. I'm going to yield to Holy Spirit to set me free in areas where there's a demonic thing happening. And around here we call them the critters. You know, you like feel it. You can get so, so discernment and so sensitive to the things of the Spirit. You can actually feel. Isn't that cool when you separate yourself from it? You're like, oh, okay. Okay, there's a little critter going on now. <laughs> and he wants me to say this to you. And he doesn't want me to listen to you. And he doesn't want me to believe God's Word. And he wants me to get defensive. And he wants me to do all this. But when you finally mature, some of you can say, wait a minute, that's not me. That's not me. That's not Holy Spirit making me feel like I'm going to scream and yell and run away. That's not that's not um that's not Holy Spirit and that's not me cuz I want to be free. Dag, that's a critter. <laughs> well, maybe creatures can't have demons, but I know a lot of them have some critters. It's a southern it's Southern for deliverance, I mean I, it just feels like a critter, like a little like oh little critter to me. <laughs> you know, the more stronger you are in God, the more you read God's Word, the more you hang out with God. That little critter just seems really little. sometimes it's so little it's like, Oh, brother, let me just repent, let me ask God to forgive me, Lord, show me where I bought that lie, and then then seriously, it's this easy when you break the lie, you just say, in the name of Jesus' Loose me now, or come out now, and go to the pit in Jesus' name. Oh, and it does. You don't even have to tell anybody if you don't want to. You don't even have to. You know, it just goes. How many know? I don't know if people like this. There's a lot of little critters in Christians. Some of them even got in after you were a Christian. Religious spirit, haughtiness, superiority. How sad is that? But a lot of them are already there, and sometimes you're doing this wrong. Feeds them, and sometimes they're just there. Sometimes they're there, and they're so weak anymore because you haven't, you haven't thought about that. Yeah, the devil, the, he's so rotten. This week, in a dream, he tried to do some old, ugly stuff from the past. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I taught it to get away in Jesus' name do you think you are devil I am not going to go along with that and say because I'm asleep and I'm probably talking to quite a few men in this room you don't have to give in to unclean stuff because you're asleep you want your spirit man to get so strong and says, wait this isn't God wake yourself up pray in tongues tell your wife to pray for you but believe it or not we live in a world where the enemy attacks women too And oh, this! I said, "Wait a minute! Don't you get near me, devil! In Jesus' name, I send you to the pit. Angels, come and get this creepy devil out of here! In Jesus' name, give it the punishment of Satan! How dare you come near my house? I I haven't had you try something stupid like that in years." Tries to give you a dream that starts off kind of spiritual and then gets kind of seductive and then tries, it's like, ah, mm. you want your spirit, you can get so strong in your spirit that you can take authority over it in your dream and turn the dream around and send it to the pit in your dream. But you can always wake up and take, break the power of it and not give in to it. Amen? That's self deliverance. Or stopping it. You might not have delivered yourself there yet. And you still struggle with some of that mess. Well then you need to start waking yourself up. I don't care if you got work in the morning. God's big enough to give you grace. Get up. Repent, renounce it, ask God to clean up every filthy thing you've ever been involved in, any unclean thing, break every generational curse, take authority, ask God of our holiness in your house, break the power of anything you ever saw, and fight. Fight. Self-deliverance, if it was a real stronghold in your life and a stronghold in our culture, might take some fighting and punish that thing. Give it the punishment of Satan. Where's that in the word? Ask anything believing, and it'll be done for you by your Father in heaven. I just figure it's got to be the worst thing. Right? Well, do you think it's fair that a demon that gives you a headache goes to hell to the same exact place Satan goes? Yeah, I think so. I'm a child of God. I'm going to make those little peon demons like more afraid than the baby. Does it work? I think so. I hardly ever, almost never, have a problem. Let me say, when you go to a hotel or something, you go in there and you command every demon out. You don't know what was on that TV before you got in there. You tell it to go in Jesus' name. And if you forget to do that and you start having those weird dreams and stuff, you say, wake up! Hey! All you ladies go on retreats together. Get up! Hey, everybody, get up! We're cleaning this place out in Jesus' name. You know, I have, I have the beach house that we run out. I can't decide. It's against the law for me to even say who can and can't go there. But I'm going to tell you what. Their devils are going to run into some big angels when they go there. But every time after somebody leaves, I break the power of anything that went on or tried to go on there against God and His word. I ask God to bless them. I pray for those people. Everybody loves that place. Even, even people I know were up to no good. I'm not afraid. I'm not on the defensive. It's like when those demons start to get that person up those steps to that house, like look at the big angels hanging out around this house. You know, oh, we are not going to have a good time. We are just not going to have a good time. Amen. How, How many, let's be those who realize that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. The devil should be afraid of you. I hear people say, when you wake up, I want them afraid of me when I'm asleep. And the only thing that can get in the way of that, there's only one thing that can get in the way of a devil being afraid of you. You serving the devil. If you're not serving the devil, don't worry about it. You got this. If you are serving the devil, start to ask yourself, why? It could justify it, get free. Amen? Be holy because he's holy. Hate what he hates. Karen has that song she sings, to um, that we'd hate what he hates and love how he loves. That's a good song, isn't it? So, we're going to get ready to, to dismiss... Get, go off there and ask some questions, but I, I just want you to really get this. We'll pick this up next week. Spend this week, get your notebooks, and spend some time seeing if there's any areas in your life that Holy Spirit brings to you. Or you already know where Satan has made you afraid. There's three different things you're going to be looking for after what we talked about tonight. Is there anything that you coped or handled? Before Christ and not His way, that you thought helped, that you haven't gone back and dealt with that issue. It's, you're not going back to deal with an abusive parent or an abusive anything, to hate that person, to hurt that relationship. You're going back to get free. Amen. God already knows what happened. He already knows what spirits were involved. Amen? He's not trying to make you not like somebody or hate somebody. He already knows you know how to forgive them. He wants to heal you. He wants your prayers for that person to be more powerful. Because your prayers are not righteous towards that person to see them set free. If you had to take on something to handle being in that relationship that you've never renounced. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're going to be able to rescue them from hell possibly. If you he- walk in with God and really deal with it. Does everybody get this? Before we knew Christ, before we understood some of these truths, we didn't know how to go there. There should be nothing you can't face. See, I, I, the devil could not torment me with the way Lauren died in front of me, my daughter. Because I wasn't afraid to walk into that place and talk to God about it. Amen? I trusted God to heal me. I trusted God to take uh, those pictures and turn them around to truth and what he was doing. And I didn't take on anything else to handle what the enemy has done. Amen? Now, there were other things in my life. Like, um, my dad was like a really cool guy. And we all looked at him, put him on pedestal. But we didn't realize, you know, he's kind of a bully. You know, he's like, you know, tough he was he was kind of tough with stuff. And he got in trouble with the law and all some. And we all thought that was kind of cool as kids. Well, you don't think it's cool when all of a sudden it's showing up in your kids their attitudes. Amen. So we had to repent. The Lord said one time, you need to bring your father off that pedestal that you placed him on. And then let me bring some healing. Let me show you how how I am as a father. And that's not that's not coming against him. Let me, let me go ahead and say this. Also. <laughs> There's a lot of people who've put politicians on a pedestal, either, rather from, from the one who's president now, to civil rights leaders, to other people. There's nobody who can be on that pedestal, not your mama, not your daddy, not a president, not a world leader, not even a preacher. There's nobody who belongs in that place but Jesus Christ, amen? Everyone else is human. Everyone else has failed. Everyone else has shortcomings and also gifts that God's given them for His glory. And God's not asking us to look up to people. He He's asking us to look up to him and to forgive people their trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Amen? Amen? He he wouldn't say that we had to forgive everybody who trespassed against us if he didn't know everybody's going to trespass against you. I don't care how good your mama was. At some point, she trespassed against you. I don't care how wonderful your daddy was. At some point, he trespassed against you. I don't care how great a mom you think you are. At some point, you trespassed against your children. Against your spouse. Amen? Can everybody get that? Let's bust enabling and codependency and realize I handled that wrong because I didn't know how to bring God into it. And I did it in my strength, and now it's backfiring on me. Amen? It's like, it's just God. let's grow up. There's only one God. Woohoo! Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we can, by His grace, go back with him and watch everything get healed and set in order. And sometimes we have to do things and talk to people and it hurts. And you all have all heard my story so I won't say it again. But I had to really confront my mom about something that she had done when I was younger. And I already knew what she would say and how she would say it and how I'd be yelled at and everything that would happen. But God said, You're going to do this. I said, Lord, I've already forgiven. I already know. He said, You're not doing it for you. You're doing it for her. You're doing it for your relationship. You're going to bust through that thing. Oh my gosh. There's almost nothing harder once God's really healed you and set you free, and you don't want to rock the boat. Before you let the boat sink, you didn't care if it ever came back up. So it wasn't like you weren't trying to sink a boat. I'll sink this boat. I'll put the hole in the boat myself, bye. I wasn't the one trying to bail the water out of the boat. (laughs) Some of y'all will bail the water out of the boat. No matter what, keep the boat afloat. I'm like, let the boat go. You'll be lucky if I talk to you again. And then God gets a hold of you and you forgive. And God gets a hold of you and you want a real relationship. And God gets a hold of you and starts seeing them the way God sees them, you start releasing grace And you begin to see some of the stuff in them in your own self because you judged it and then all of a sudden you hate that and you hate what it's doing to your children and then you realize you didn't mean to do that so they probably didn't mean to do that and you really understand forgiveness. But sometimes God wants you to go and let him mend that place in the boat, And so you're doing it so that God can have a real relationship happen reconciliation and it makes you quit using your way of coping with stuff all of a sudden you can just say what you need to say you don't get upset you don't scream and yell you just say mom i hate it when i've always hated it when you blame things on me that you're doing And you say, I'm just like you. I'm not like that thing that's happening in you. And I forgive you. And I love you. And I know that you love me. But the way you handled that is wrong. And it hurt. And you also have to grow up enough to know if your children come to you and say that, that you listen. And you ask God to forgive you. And you realize nobody's done all of this perfect. Amen? But there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So if they try to bring condemnation, just recognize you're not my judge. And I have forgiven you. And I have asked you to forgive me. And if you've done things to your children, if you've tried to control them, if you, I, I had to ask my boys to forgive me for pinching them. Because when they were little, and we'd go to church or somewhere in public, where where um, they would try to embarrass me by getting loud or something, said so they knew I wouldn't spank them there or yell at them or whatever. So I'd pinch them, man. I'd pinch really hard. Like. And then Lord showed me, you know, that was kind of abusive. And they hated it. They they hated it. Then we'd leave. I'd be laughing. They got a little bruise. I said so. I told you not to do that in church, but I didn't do it from the right spirit. Holy Spirit, I did it from the, you're not going to pull one over on me. That's my, your daddy might be sitting there. He ain't going to see me pinching you. You scream in this place. You're going to be in real trouble. <laughs> but then I, when they're all, I'm really sorry. I should not have, pin-. the Bible didn't say to pinch you, it said to spank you. I should have taken you out to the car and spanked you or taken you home if I had to. So I really shouldn't have pinched you and put a bruise on you. So I ask you to forgive me. I did hate it when you did that. But and I I glowed over it. Like it was like, oh, you think you're gonna pull one over on me? And that was control. My kids aren't gonna do that in public. I'll pinch you. (laughs) But but it was control. Do you see what I'm saying? It's what spirit was it coming from? we got to quit justifying the things we did that God didn't tell us to do. We can't find it in the Word. The one says, quit threatening. The Bible says, do not threaten your children. The Bible says, do not provoke them to anger. So you need to get real when you provoked somebody to anger, and then they go off and get angry, and then you're blaming anybody but looking at you. Go to God. Lord, how did I provoke them to anger? What was in me? Was I provoked anger? What's going on? Am I in a power struggle? What's going on? I remember God told me to quit threatening. There's a scripture that says, do not threaten. And so I used to be like, if you do this, you're going to get this. If you're going to do this. Okay. First of all, you don't come at somebody and tell them everything not to do. You're already setting up a very negative, negative way of looking at things. And you're actually putting the enemy in charge what you do is tell them how excited you are that they know how to behave when you go to a restaurant. And I know I'm not going to have to worry about it because you are one of the most well-behaved kids ever in a restaurant. And I think it's so wonderful the way you do this. <clears throat> Don't have somebody leave with you already expecting they're going to go and throw a fit. They said, but what if they do? Then you ask God for wisdom, how to handle it. And when it's handled, you let it go. You do not, scripture, do not keep records of wrong. The word of God says that love does not keep records of wrong. What is keeping records of wrong? Well, every time we do this, you do that. You just kept a record of wrong. That's not walking in love. His mercies are new every day. We've got to believe that. We've got to believe that whatever he did yesterday had fruitfulness to it. And he's going to show us what to do tomorrow. Am I helping you? I mean, this is with every relationship. If your brain goes all the way back, well, I can't trust them. Or that, you're keeping record of wrong. You're operating not in the spirit of love. Thank God God doesn't think about us like that. Well, I don't know why we're going to tell her. You know what she's going to do. God, God actually doesn't act like he thinks he knows what we're going to do. He actually has faith to believe we'll do what his Holy Spirit wants us to do. And we operate in so much fear and unbelief. We believe more in what the devil's going to do in somebody than we believe what God's able to do. Because that's how Satan's conditioned us. We need to spend time in prayer. We need to speak what God speaks. And then you don't, if you could just say, well, see, I knew it wouldn't work. All right, well, it wasn't going to work for you. Because you don't have faith in God. You don't have faith in how he says Let me tell you this too. Okay. We must just be getting ready for our holiday gatherings. With your five or more people. <laughs> Bye Facebook. <No. laughs> do, do you see? No, no, no. I'm being funny. <laughs> I probably should. Okay. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? You've got to expect that God is working. You've got to expect that what you did yesterday and said yesterday in the spirit of God made some impact. You have to quit negating what you've walked out and done. You cannot have someone that that you're helping to learn and to grow and to mature in God and deal with their issues. You cannot think threatening them is going to work because the Bible says it doesn't. It just causes anger and frustration and a feeling of what good does it matter anyway? I can sit here and be perfectly fine, have a wonderful time, and then as I'm leaving, I'm like, "Now watch what! Don't you do that? What are you doing? You're you're telling them who they are according to the devil. You're actually helping that thing to surface instead of fasting it. Some only come out with fasting and prayer. Some have to come out. You're like, But what if I've tried, tried? Then you keep on. You just keep on. God's word works. Amen? But it only works by faith. It cannot work by fear and doubt and unbelief. And what you speak and how you speak is revealing your heart issue. Your heart issues, you've been hurt and wounded so many times by the same attack by the enemy that now you're using an earthly wisdom that even counselors, for the most part, don't recommend. You have to walk in faith. And you have to persevere. I had to believe that Mitchell's blood levels were going to go up to the right levels. I went years never seeing them go up. But I went into every single doctor's visit, for real, believing this was the time they were going up. Why weren't you disappointed? There, there were a few times, i i have heard the stories. But overall, in all those years, I was really disappointed because I knew, no, they'll go up tomorrow. God, show me what I need to know to see this spirit of faith sickness bow teach me your ways oh God and guess what one day they started going up and by the time it was said the doctor said to me well Cindy what you were believing happened you know what I was showing doctors who had medical research to say I was wrong that my faith was stronger than their research. And they all wanted him to live and not die and glorify God. But they don't see too many people walking in faith. Now, I had pretended faith. I had, had I went through a lot. But deep in my heart, I knew that I knew that he was going to be healed. And so every day, I believe this was the day that his numbers were going to show up. You cannot get up in unbelief Disappointment and all these things, and expect it to work. What's the Bible say? Do not grow weary. In other words, do not get worn out by how long this trial takes, by how many ups and downs you go through. Do not grow weary in this thing, and you will be rewarded. The only thing that will make you lose a battle is getting weary. And throwing up your hands and saying, forget it. We're going to do something different. I can't do it this way. There is the power of life and death in your words. You probably, if you have problems with hanging in there and saying what God says about something because it just attacks you and attacks you, go ask God why. But read the book of James until you're living the book of James. Amen? The answer is in his word. But this isn't kidding. You don't just get to do it on good days. And you've got to bridle your tongue. And let me just say this. You really need to even learn when you're saying those things out of frustration if if you've got to get them out to say them in a way that's full of faith. So when Mitchell would be sick and he'd be sicker and he would be sicker If you talk to me about it, and that's anybody here, anybody anywhere, you never heard me say that it was anywhere near hopeless. Most people who went on the ride with me are like, gosh, she was so excited that was going to be a good number, and then it wasn't. How does she handle it? Because she does the next week the same thing. Okay, you guys, pray, believe. God showed me this. God showed me this. I persevered. Add to your faith. First give faith then you add to it perseverance. That's why, give faith, but know you're going to persevere. You are going to push through, no matter what the devil throws at you, no matter how much he tries to knock you down, no matter how much he tries to wear you out, you are not giving up. How many know that's what the church has been going through at the end of 2020? And the true church, or the church who's mature at all, has been hanging in there. And then your spirit gets excited. When you start feeling that excitement in your spirit for any kind of trial you've been walking through for a while, you're getting really close to breakthrough. You're getting really close. It's like, I'm not weary anymore. I want everyone here, as you get ready to leave, and you've been in some trials that are persevering, that's trying to wear you out. You've been believing a long time. I want you to leave tonight with a knowing. I'm not exactly who I was when I walked in this place and I am going to persevere and I am not going to get weary and I'm going to be excited to see what God is doing in me through me and what he is going to do in this situation and I am not going to look at how long I've been in this situation you've probably been in this situation so long because you didn't know what to do it's not because it was that hard <laughs> so as soon as you're not doing what you were doing and you start dealing with how God wants you to deal with things it could be over like that When Satan tries to wear you out, you're adding to your faith persevering, it's a real trial. It means Satan's allowed to wham you, try to redo this, try to do that, try to get you off track, and you've got to stay steady. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I watched you, God, I watched you keep him alive when the devil said, he, the doctor said, there's no way. I watched you heal his eyesight when they said he was going to be blind. I watched you do this. I watched you put all that. You know, he, he didn't, for Mitchell, he was short, short, until he went to college. He had to have a pillow to sit on to drive. And here's this little kid going off to college, and we prayed, and God, thank God, he got into honors into the honor dorm, so he had his own room. Cause I, how is this little kid gonna go in college with all these big men? He grew two feet his first year in college. He was like this, cause he didn't know how to stand. He's not anymore. Say <laughs> like, stand up straight, stand up. but he grew so fast. Any time in that. I could say, well, it's okay if he's short. I didn't say that because God showed me he's supposed to be the height of his dad. The other one's like, why didn't you pray that for me? I said, well, you're the height you're supposed to be. <laughs> Everybody did not have to be tall. <laughs> you're just the height you're supposed to be. <laughs> so be happy. You see what I'm saying? You don't give up. You guys know this. Have you been in this church any length of time? Have only been here 20 years or more? I I persevere. You know that because I persevere with you. (laughs) I persevere. I persevere. I hang in there. I can pray. I cry out. I want to see you get the victory. Amen? Because Holy Spirit in me is giving me the grace to believe you're going to overcome. Amen? Because it's already been promised. It's already been promised. You're not fighting from a, oh, I don't know. You're actually fighting from victory. It's like, you're fighting knowing you've won. And all he's asking you to do is hang in there until the reality of that breaks through in the spirit realm. And you need to see it that way. You need to see, you need to smile at the situation. Count it all joy. I'm counting this joy because you are going to get saved. Glory to God. <laughs> yep. Then we sit there cussing at that table. <sighs> going to get saved. I, I used to tell. I would tell people, I know you're going to get saved. Don't even say that. Doesn't matter. I already know it. I already know you're going to get saved. I remember when one of my children went through the rebellious thing. I don't even know if I believe. I said, it doesn't matter what you believe right now. I heard you prophesy when you were three. God's in you and he's not coming out. One day you'll catch up with the revelation that he's in there. Amen? Be a people of faith. Be a people of faith. Come from faith. The same God who saved your behind once will save it another once or twice or three or four times if he needs to. Amen? The same God who took care of delivering you will continue to deliver you. He never gives up on us. He's amazing. Thank God he's amazing. Thank God he wants to give us the grace to reveal how amazing he is. And you cannot rescue yourself. So quit trying. You cannot protect yourself. So quit trying. You cannot stop the big bad devil from attacking again. So quit trying. Just hang out with Jesus and know he's got this. He's got this. And cast down imaginations and do all the things you've been taught. And fight. The good fight of faith. And you'll win. So Father, we just come before you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that this room is full of overcomers. Lord, this room is full of men and women who have walked the walk and have overcome and who are not who they used to be. And Lord, we are changing from glory to glory. We are seriously learning line upon line your word, precept to precept, your concepts, your heart, the way you see things, God. Your revelations. And we are entering into the next level of glory. As individuals and as a ministry and as part of your body. Lord, I'm excited that 2021 is a brand new beginning for many people in this room. And it's going to be an amazing year of not just breakthrough, but breakthrough happening now. And then running With everything you've called them to run with. To run the race set before them. And we give you praise for all that you're doing. And that everyone will have that knowing to do this your way. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now if you love this teaching then you better say you love this teaching.